today in sports betting for Wednesday, March 15th. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. This is Sports Ethos presentation, and if you haven't already checked us out, go to sportsethos.com and check out our litany of information on all sports, fantasy sports, wagering, DFS, podcasts, articles, uh, sports packages for more insider information, some really fantastic pricing models we have, a reasonable price. The content you get is incredible. Uh, We are exploding all over the place as far as different sports growing. Our baseball division uh, is going to be fantastic this summer. If you haven't already, check out Joe Orico on Twitter. That's Joe, J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O, 99 on Twitter. Uh, he also does our MLB Today Fantasy Baseball podcast. And if you're a wagering fan, which I assume you are if you're listening to this show, Joe does a great job. He's broken down, um, obviously, from a fantasy point of view, all the positions, but done, done a bunch of team previews uh, with local experts. So it's great if you're looking for uh, over-unders, uh, win totals to start the year. And some position battles that are definitely important. Uh, if you're into basketball at this time of year, wagering in NFL during the season, uh, we've got a couple of great experts, but one uh, who's also doing really well in basketball uh, right now is my buddy, Michael Fiddle. You can find him on Twitter at mfiddle14, M-F-I-D-D-L-E-1-4 on Twitter. Uh, does a fantastic job breaking down the numbers, getting closing line value uh, in basketball. He's not one to like follow trends or who's hot, who's not. He just crunches the numbers, does as well as anybody I've ever seen. Does a really good job. Has a regular um, podcast as well, which you can get uh, at our website. And then also Keith Cork. Uh, check him out at BSBP. That's Bob, Sam, Bob, Peter, Keith uh, on Twitter. He does our daily DFS podcast. And from a wagering angle, it's great because you can get props. Uh, you can get information, some trends and valuable information there as well. So we've got a ton of stuff going on. Uh, then there's our wagering group, which I'm a part of. And my buddy, Blake, Blake LaWatch runs that. You can follow him on Twitter at Blake LaWatch. That's B-L-A-K-E-L-A-W-A-T-C-H. Uh, he's always, he, he loves tweeting during the games. And on March Madness, I know he's going to be all over Twitter. Update during the games. He watches a ton of college basketball, really knows his stuff. So a bunch of stuff going on at Ethos. Check us out. But I know you came here to listen to some, hopefully, to listen to some, um, some takes in tonight's game. So let's get right at it. In the NBA, we've got seven games. We start off 740 in the East. Memphis Grizzlies are facing the Miami Heat. You can get the Heat. I see this right now up to four and down to four and a half. Up to four and a half, sorry. Uh, minus four and a half for the Heat. Total here, 220 and a half. I actually got into a, you know, in a little while, Miami minus four. I would consider four and a half. I wouldn't go any higher. Uh, obviously, for the Grizz, Jaw is out. Uh, Steven Adams out. Brandon Clark out. And on the Heat side, Lowry is questionable. Other than that, fairly healthy. The Heat at home, the Heat in late season, the Heat making the playoff run. It's a night for the Heat. Uh, and the Grizz on the road minus Jaw and Adams down low. Um, not sure who's going to counter Bam. And if Lowry plays especially, but even if he doesn't, Butler... Uh, and the guys in the Heat, I think, can handle um, this four, four and a half point spread. It, lo- it opened at three and a half. I think it opened maybe three, about three and a half. Uh, I jumped on a four, saw the line moving at four and a half. Now might be a little tough to get on there, uh, but if you can get four, definitely uh, jump on that. Next game, seven forty in the East. Philadelphia travels to Cleveland to face the Cavaliers. Philly comes in minus two and a half. 
point favorite total here is 223. And uh, I haven't jumped on it yet. I see uh, Cleveland plus two and a half, minus 108. I'm waiting to close to game time. I don't think it's going to happen at this late stage, but uh, if I can get that at three, I'd be all over the Cavs. I always like the Cavs at home. I know my buddy uh, Michael Fiddle is all over the Cavs as well at home and fading the Sixers in this spot. So um, I'm with the Cavs. I haven't pulled the take trigger yet. I may. Uh, when I look at the injury report, Jared Allen is out, which definitely hurts. Uh, Rubio's out for the 76ers, all fairly healthy. No one really of significance there. So lean on the Cavs, maybe on that letter. 8-10 in the East. Uh, Boston travels to Minnesota. You can get the road Celtics minus 5, 233.5 as a total. I like the Celtics here. Um, you just never know what you're getting with them lately. They have been so wildly inconsistent. You know, a month or two, six weeks ago, I, this was a slam dunk for the Celtics, especially against the Cavs, uh, against the T-Wolves. The not today, though. I'm not 100% sure. I'm leaning on this. I've got a few plays already. I've got some college plays. So I'm not really sure I need to get on this game, but uh, on the injury report, everybody's fairly healthy for Boston. Obviously, uh, Robert Williams out. Peyton Pritchard, no big deal. He's out. Jalen Brown is available, so that's a good sign. On the T-Wolf sign, side, obviously, Cat is done. Uh, Gobert is questionable. Nasri questionable. Um, that's about it. Uh, so I think I'm not there yet, but I may actually lean the Celtics. May get on this closer to game time. 8-10 in the East, we have the Lakers traveling to Houston. Lakers off a road win yesterday, so back-to-back and the rested Rockets at home. Houston 3.5, pardon me, the Lakers 3.5-point favorite. Total here, 231. Not in this game. Uh, it Does AD play? Does AD not play? Probably not. Nope, uh, he's not playing, so he's out. Obviously, LeBron is out. Uh, Mo Bamba is out. And on the Houston side, all fairly healthy. Oh, look at that. Alperen Sengun is questionable. Um He's basically a LeBron James, Kyle Lowry kind of guy, but not quite the status uh, as far as I'm concerned. Questionable seems to be every game, seems to play every second game. Anyways, um, not really sure I like the Lakers with their big guys out and on the road and back-to-back, although Houston is dreadful. Stand away from me. Stay away from me, though. 8-10 in the East, the Bulls hoax, the Sacramento Kings. The Bulls find themselves as one-point underdogs. You can get the Kings at minus one, total here 236. Uh, injury report, obviously Alonzo Ball is out. Crusoe is questionable for Chicago. And on the Kings side, all fairly healthy. Um, yeah, Rashawn Holmes, really no big deal there. Uh, I don't like back. I don't like going against the Bulls at home. I like the Kings. I think they're a better team, obviously. Playing well, having a good season. I don't like going against the Bulls when they're at home. And sure, getting a point is nice, but uh, that's basically a coin flip right there. So, uh, not really. Oh, not on that game. Not looking at this game at all. 840 in the second last game of the night. The Mavericks travel to San Antonio f- to face their in-state rivals. You can get the Mavs on the road minus five. Total here is 227. Luca is out. Uh, Kyrie questionable. Tim Hardaway questionable. Markeith Morris doubtful. Christian Wood questionable. On the Spurs side, Bassey is out. Ken Birch is out. Uh, Malachi Brown's questionable. Jerry, Jeremy Sohan, Sohan, Sohan uh, is, where is he? Is I'm butchering his name, is out. Devin Vassell is out. So uh, Spurs doing their Spurs thing, resting after team. Don't know who to take here. Without uh, Luca, Kyrie questionable, Hardaway questionable. Um, stay away from me. 
if Kyrie was named in, I'd be on the Mavs, but I think this number probably shoots the six and a half or seven if it does. Last game of the night, and I'm on two sides of this one. The Golden State Warriors on the road at LA to face the Clippers. You can get the home clips of minus two and a half. And the total here, 237 and a half. And on the injury report, Iguodala is still out. Kuminga is questionable. And Andrew Wiggins is out for personal reasons still on the Warriors. On the Clippers, all fairly healthy. Uh, Norm Powell obviously continues to be out. Uh, but the big two are playing in Kawhi and PG3. The Clips at home. Lane two and a half. I'm on the two and a half. And I'm also on the total uh, under 237 and a half. This total opened, I think, about 234, 234 and a half and has moved up since then. Uh, I just think two good defensive teams. I like the Clippers at home. Um, can Golden State get out and run? Sure. Could this total get to 250? Sure. Uh, I just think I like the Clippers at home the way they're playing. Golden State on the road is not a team I love backing, although I know they've done well to the over on the road. But that's going to be baked into this number, so I'm not really um, thinking I'm missing out on anything. And the fact that it's risen, uh, I think I am good with going under this number. If the Sharps have all hit it and moved it up, I will slide into the under. So that's a wrap for the seven games in the NBA. We've got Miami at minus four, the Clippers at minus two and a half, and the Clippers Golden State Warriors under 237 and a half for my official plays. You can take a quick break. Continue on the hardwood in college basketball when we get back. All right. Today is March Madness Eve. Only one sleep left till the big dance, but it's still continuing. Uh, the pre-tournament, the play-in games, there's two more of those games tonight and eight NIT games. So still lots of college basketball, still some interesting games. We're going to start off at 640 in the East. The first of the two playing games playing Dayton, Ohio. Fairly Dickinson is playing Texas Southern. Total here is two and a half. Texas Southern is favored by two and a half. And total here is 147 and a half. I'm actually on Texas Southern and I'm on the under of 147 and a half, uh, which I got. I got Texas Southern at minus 108. Sorry, minus two and a half, but at minus 108 in FanDuel a little while ago and under 147 and a half. Uh, I got a minus 110. And the reason is when I look at the strength of schedule, so you look at these two teams, um, Texas Southern won the Southwestern Conference, which right now is the 31st on Ken Palm, ranked the 31st of 33 conferences. So not a great conference. But Fairleigh Dickinson actually lost in the NEC Finals, Northeastern Conference Finals, to Merrimack. But because of some ridiculous NCAA rule that you have to play three years of D1 basketball or D1 sport, I guess, to qualify for a national championship, Merrimack is at home. And did not go. So Farley Dickinson, Fairly Dickinson got the default ticket. So I think that's going to be a bit of a bruise to the ego. And the NEC is even worse than the SWAC. They're ranked number 32 of 33 conferences. So then when you look at the strength of schedule, so realize that Fairly Dickinson is in the second worst conference in basketball. Their strength of schedule, so the ranking of, of how hard their schedule was, they were 300, number 362 out of 363 teams. So the second worst, second easiest schedule in the country they had. Uh, the worst was uh, St. Francis of New York, which is also in their conference. And the eight worst teams in the country all came, as far as strength schedule, all came from the NEC conference. Uh, clearly, it's a weak conference. And clearly, they haven't played a lot of really good teams. Now, Texas Southern played the 285th toughest schedule 
or easiest schedule, whatever way you want to look at it. So not a juggernaut of a schedule, but nowhere close to how bad uh, Fairleigh Dickinson was in theirs. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson comes in. They won four of their last eight, but again, lost to Mary Mack in the final. Texas Southerns won six of the last nine, and they won three straight to win the Southwestern Conference. They just seem to be playing a little bit better. Uh, this game could be a bit of a brick fest, though. Um, neither offense is really – and you know what? It's hard to really look at these numbers and, and, and take anything away from it other than numbers such as this. Defensive efficiency in Ken Palm was just a defensive efficiency. So, Fairleigh Dickinson played in such a terrible conference. They're 361st. So the third worst team in the country, and they played in this god-awful conference. Um, you know, they're two-point shooting, they're three-point shooting, 329, three, sorry, 353, two-point shooting. It's only 10 teams worse than them in the country shooting two-point, uh, taking two-point shots. Again, playing in this terrible conference. They are not a good team. So, um, sorry, those are their defense numbers. Defend, sorry, I, I screwed that up. Defending the two-point shot, uh, 353 in the country. Defending the three-point shot, 329 in the country. So they're playing against all these bad teams, and they still can't defend. Um, however, Texas Southern is no juggernaut on offense. The so three-point shooting, they're 357th in the country, uh, although they don't take a ton of them. So I'm on the under here as well for a couple of reasons. First of all, two bad teams playing. Uh, this is a pretty, pretty big number, 147.5. So it's not like it's going to be a, a total brick fest as far as scoring. There will be some scoring. But... Um, Two bad teams playing each other. And Texas Southern has a decent defense. Again, weak conference, but a decent defense. They're ranked, where are they ranked? 116th in effective field goal percentage against. Um, so they can defend a little bit. But also, they're playing in a new venue in Dayton. Uh, foreign, to both, foreign to both teams. I haven't played there. They're not going to be used to it. It's going to be a packed house. They're probably not used to playing in front of packed gyms uh, during the season. So I just think that... Scoring can be a challenge, scoring in a new venue, new sight lines. Anytime you get these teams, especially smaller teams playing in new venues, if this were two, um, like the later game, you get two big-name schools playing in big venues. They're used to playing in bigger venues in front of bigger crowds. These two guys aren't. So I'm on the under. Uh, both games in, in Dayton went under yesterday. I'm not sure I'm going to be on the under in the later game, and I'm certainly on the under here. So I'm on Texas Southern, minus 2.5, and, and I'm on the under 147.5. Next game, uh, you know what? Let's just go. Let's just stick with the two NCAA games. Next game, also in Dayton, the next playing game is Nevada uh, versus Arizona. Just trying to pull this up here as I scroll down. Hmm, wrong column. And Arizona is a two and a half point favorite. Two and a half point favorite. Total here, 135 and a half. I'm not on the number. I like Arizona State. Sorry, Arizona State. Um, but. I think this could be less than, you know, this could be a one or two point game. So I'm off, I'm off that total 135 and a half. I might be on that uh, again because it's played in Dayton. It's a neutral site game. Um, might be on that a little later, but so far I am not. Going back to the regular NIT games, you have Moorhead State at Clemson. Clemson comes in at 15 and a half point favorites. All, all NIT games, as I said yesterday, are played at home. So this is played at Clemson. They're all played at the higher uh, ranked teams venue until the final four, which they get together for the final tournament. Clemson minus 15 and a half point, 136.5 is a total. Uh, I like Morehead State to cover. Don't like them to win. Clemson's a better team. They're at home. Missed the tournament. Don't really think they're fi their, their stadium or their arena is going to be on fire. 
uh, especially if you play Moorhead State, but regardless, uh, 15 and a half points is a few too many. I'd be on Moorhead here. UCF is at Florida. I'm actually on this game. Uh, in-state rivalry, Florida is favored by two and a half. Total here, 145 and a half. And if you listen to my show in the last little while or followed me in our wager pass, you'll know why Florida doesn't have Colin Castleton. And that is the name of the game for me tonight. Um, yeah, got UCF at plus two and a half on uh, DraftKings a little earlier. So Colin Castleton is Florida's big man. He's been out for, I think, six games now. Uh, yep, they've lost four of six games without him. The only wins they had were against Georgia, who was ranked number 149. LSU was ranked 145. Uh, both Ken Palm rankings. Uh, right now, Florida's ranked 61, but UCF is ranked 64 on Ken Palm. So a very close matchup. And that takes their body of work for the whole year. Florida's really struggled down the stretch. Offensive rebounding. Never a strength for them, but when your big man is gone, uh, even worse. Florida is the 323rd team in offensive rebounding. Now, UCF doesn't do a great job uh, on the defensive board, 292. But again, Castleton's not there. The other side of the ball is the problem. On offense, UCF is the 26th best team in offensive rebounding. So offensive rebounding leads to more second-chance points. Take Castleton, their big man, who is a beast on the defensive board, take him out of there. They're even in worse shape. And they were already 279th. Florida's 279th in defensive rebounding. So, they're, they're, you know, Councilman did a good job. The rest of the team did nothing. He's gone. They're going against a team that does a really good job uh, rebounding the ball offensively. I think that's the difference. Match up these offenses and adjusted efficiency. UCS number 89. Florida's number 112. Call it a wash. Fairly close. On defense, uh, Florida's number 31. But they don't have Castleton. Much better team when he's there. And UCF is number 50. Again, call it a wash. Free throws, uh, which can be important in close games. This indicates it probably will be. Uh, lean very much to UCF. They, uh, they hit 77.1% of their free throws. 22nd in the country. Very impressive. Florida hits 71.7. Uh, 183rd in the country. So six, uh, five and a half points less uh, percentage points. So lean on the free throw. Lean on the offensive boards to UCF. A wash in the offense and defense. Castleton's out of the mix. I'm on the in-state rivals of UCF catching the, catching the two and a half points in this game. Oklahoma State uh, is at Youngstown State. Oklahoma is a five and a half point favorite. Total here, 151 and a half. On the road in an NIT game, that's a little tough. I'm leaning Youngstown. I'm not on this game. I would lean Youngstown State only because... Um, you know, home home game, home crowd. They'll probably be up for a big big school like Oklahoma State coming in, and Oklahoma State obviously on a bit of a downer for missing the tournament. I could see Oklahoma State winning. Uh, I'm not sure they win by five and a half on the road. Next game, Alcorn State plays Texas, 8 p.m. The sorry, North Texas, uh, North Texas, 16 and a half point favorites, 124 and a half is the total. I really, really, really want to take North Texas here. I just don't see them having the ability to score enough to cover this big spread. But I'm on the under. So I got the under at 124 and a half uh, on FanDuel earlier. And, <coughs> excuse me, this is why. North Texas is the slowest team in the entire country. 363 teams in the country, they have, by, they have the slowest pace. They are the slowest team in the country. Alcorn State, 174th in pace. So, they're going to play a pretty average, um, pretty average pace. 
at it's at North Texas. So they're playing in front of the home crowd. And also when I look at this uh, strength of schedule in the SWAC, which Alcorn State is coming out of, they had the 296th uh, hardest schedule, Alcorn State. Here. Easiest schedule, I guess. So ranked 296 of 363 teams. Conference USA, which North Texas is in, or North Texas in the Conference USA, had the 116th. So they had a well above average schedule, and Alcorn State had a well below average schedule. Points per game. North Texas scores 64.2 points per game, 339th. They ain't really a big powerhouse when it comes to uh, putting the ball in a bucket but they are the number one team in points allowed. They only allow 55.7 points per game. So they don't score a ton, which is why I can't take them laying that 16 and a half, 17 point spread, but they don't allow much either, which is why I'm on them. Uh, on the, why I'm on the under 124 and a half. Alcorn State travels there. I think they're just going to get smothered. I think North Texas wins, wins easy, but I'm not sure they can cover. So I'm on the under 124 and a half. 9 p.m. in the East, Virginia Tech travels to Cincinnati. You can get the home Bearcats, five-and-a-half point favorite total here, 153-and-a-half. And not a game I'm on. I would uh, probably lean Virginia Tech. I mean, kind of, you know, in the NIT game, upsets happen. I don't think either team's overly motivated here. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say that. I don't know which team is or is not motivated. You know, we saw this yesterday. I said Toledo and Michigan. Michigan is like a five-and-a-half, six-point favorite. If Toledo's... Pardon me. If Mich- my, my line was if Michigan was motivated, they could win and win easy. If they're not, they're going to lose because Toledo's that good a team. They're clearly motivated because they won pretty – I think they won by 10, 80, 70, I think it was, over Toledo. So they're into it. Uh, you get other teams who are just kind of going through the motions. They missed a big tournament. What are they playing for? You might have opt-outs. You know, this isn't college football where every every uh, NFL prospect opts out unless he's playing in the uh, – in the in the the bowl games, the championship bowl games uh, for the national championship, it seems all the stars opt out. You got, you might get here, you might get that here. Some guys opting out uh, in the NIT. So hard to say, hard to figure out. Uh, sometimes you almost need to watch it, listen to the news, or not listen. You won't you won't get uh, news on the radio anymore like this. Uh, but search for the news and find out who's playing and who's not uh, in some of these NIT games. But I think Virginia Tech has shown some fight down this, down the stretch. Maybe they got some pride. If they are motivated, I think they could play with and potentially even beat Cincinnati. But I'm not taking a 184 on the money line. Uh, but I am taking them. I, I'm not taking them. I would lean to them covering the five and a half. Sam Houston State is at Santa Clara, 9 p.m. And pulling this game up. Santa Clara's four and a half point favorites, 142 and a half. I'm actually a little shocked at the number. Um you know, any of the sites that I used, which are just the quantitative sites, the Ken Palm, the Bart Torvik has this more of a, uh, in line with about a two-point spread. And I was on Sam Houston State when I first saw the number, and I'm definitely on them at plus four and a half. Uh, I think that they can keep this game close. They are a tremendous three-point shooting, 10th best three-point shooting team in the country, and Santa Clara's defense is a 294th. So uh, Sam Houston State's hitting 38.5% of their three-point shots, 10th best in the country. Santa Clara allows 36.2, 294th, worst in the country. Something's got to give uh, right there. When I see uh, offense, Sam Houston State's 150th and Ken Palm's adjusted efficiency. So above average, uh, not great, but above average. And Santa Clara's number 73, so definitely well above average. Flip that over to the defensive side, Sam Houston State's actually number 21 in defensive efficiency. 
uh, at Ken Palm, where Santa Clara is number 93. So a big advantage there is Sam Houston State. So I think they can keep this game close with their defense. I think they can win it with their three-point shooting and lack of defense in the three-point shot uh, from the other side. Now, Santa Clara is a good team, too. Um, you know, if I had to pick a winner, I would, I would, I would lean, if I'm just going straight money line kind of thing, I would lean Santa Clara. I think four and a half is a few too many. Uh, that puts possession, uh, two-plus potentially possession spread. And I like Sam Houston. I like him to cover the four and a half. So I'm actually on that. I got that on DK a little while ago. Uh, Nevada, Arizona State, we already hit. Utah Valley is in New Mexico in the dreaded pit, which really wasn't all that dreaded a place this year. Uh, I, I just had that bad loss to Wyoming etched in my memory. I remember watching that game. I was on New Mexico. I think it was one of the first, second times I got them. I was at the pit. I was watching the game. I was all jacked to watch it. And they just crapped the bed from start to finish, and Wyoming ran over them. So I'm not sure the pit is what it used to be, and certainly not this year. And it's the NIT. So where's the motivation again? Uh, New Mexico, five-and-a-half-point favorites over Utah Valley at the pit. Total 163-and-a-half. Um, if anything, I would probably lean Utah Valley. I just don't think it's going to be a lit atmosphere. It usually is, but not on this. You see Irvine at Oregon. Oregon, seven-and-a-half-point favorite. 145.5 is total here. 11 p.m. start on the East Coast. Um, I actually like Oregon. I'm not on this yet, but I may be. Every, you know, I, 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 was, I listened to a couple shows. I heard a couple shows earlier today, and one of them was going on about how UC Irvine beat Oregon earlier in the year, and, and you know they, they know how to beat them, and they know how to play with them. Then I looked into it, and, yeah, they beat them. Um, they beat them at Oregon. But it was the second game of the year, November 11th. UC Irvine won 69 56. And if you remember, Oregon really uh, started or looked like they were starting poor. They went two and five to start the year. But after that loss, uh, they lost at home to Houston, arguably the best team in the country. Uh, they lost at UConn, top 10 team in the country, uh, a, a neutral site. And then lost against Michigan State, a neutral site, another tournament team. Um, then they beat Villanova, beat Washington State, and then lost to UCLA. So they kind of looked like they were coming out of the gate stumbling, but they had a tough schedule. Um, they kind of righted that ship late. They did lose to UCLA in the tournament, in the conference tournament. Prior to that, they had won four straight, including beating Stanford and Washington State. Teams are better, I believe, than UC Irvine. And uh, at home, so they they lost that first game. Then they went basically 11-1 and at home after that. And in those games... Um, sorry, they're also six and one in their last seven at home. In, in in those seven games, they have won by an average of eight and a half points. So I factored in the losses into that as well. Um, over those last seven games at home, they beat they beaten USC by who was ranked number thirty six, beat them by eighteen points, beat Utah who was ranked number seventy five. Beat them by 13 points. Beat Colorado, who was ranked number 62, and they played to beat them by six points. And beat Arizona, who was ranked number 10, but is even higher right now as number two seed, I believe, in, uh, one of the four two seeds in the tournament. Beat them by 19 at home. So Oregon has rebounded. Oregon always plays well at home. I never bet against Dana Altman if I can help it. Sure, it's an NIT game, but he's going to have them ready to play. They're at home. I think they win. I think they win easy. If this number gets down to seven, I'm on it. Seven and a half, I'm going to watch uh, and that is pretty much a wrap for the games. I don't think there was one more. Nope. Hit them all. So um, some, college, some interesting college games. As I said, just trying to see. I'm on Texas Southern, minus 2.5. I'm on the Texas Southern, uh, Farrell Dickinson, under 147.5. 
UCF catching two and a half against Florida. And on that, I'm on Alcorn State and the slow, plodding shutdown D of North Texas under 124 and a half. Sam Houston State, I'm on plus four and a half against Santa Clara. So that wraps up the hard court. Now let's head to the ice where there are, I believe, four. And we have a computer. There we go. Uh, we have Buffalo and Washington to place, play the Caps. The home Caps minus 118. The road Buffalo Sabres plus, or minus 102. And the total here is six and a half. Juiced well to the over. Minus 132 at the over. So not going to touch that number. Caps are beat up a little. Ovechkin, I think, is out. I'd still lean the Caps. They're at home. Uh, their stars down. Uh, Buffalo's been playing well. They're, they're much improved, but I think they're, um, Washington's able to get up for this game. Colorado's in Toronto to play the Leafs. This should be a game. The Leafs favored, are favored, minus 146 and one on the road. Avalanche, plus 122. Total here is 6.5, minus 115 to the over. The only play here for me would be the over. There could be a lot of goals when both these teams play. Uh, Leafs goaltending defense still kind of struggling to find itself, but their offense is not. So I would definitely be on uh, the over this game. Next game is in St. Louis, 9.40 p.m. in the East. Minnesota's in town. We play the Blues. You can get the wild favorite on the road, minus 137. The home Blues, plus 114. Total here is 5.5, minus 140 in the over, plus 112 in the under. Seems to be a lot of juiced up totals, um, more so than in the past, which is interesting. I would uh, stay away from this game. I would lean the wild, but they're on the road. You know, St. Louis traded off all their key parts, clearly playing for the future, mailing it in the rest of the way. Uh, but I don't know what the wild or the juggernaut uh, on the road here. So stay away from me. Last game, 10-10 in the East. The Islanders are in Anaheim to play the Ducks. The Owls on the road, minus 200. The home Ducks, plus 164. Total here, 5.5. Also minus 120. Or again, a high number, minus 122. You can get even plus 100 on the under. Uh, I would lean the Ducks, plus, one, plus 164. There's got to be some value there. Do they lose? More than likely. But at plus 164, there's value. Minus 200, I can't touch the Isles. Too much for me. So, quick recap, uh, or quick NHL slate. I would lean the Leafs over. Leafs, Colorado, over 6.5. And probably... Capitals at home, minus 118 against Sabres. But that is about it. So, hope you enjoyed the show. And I forgot to mention earlier, if you're still listening, uh, I did earlier today an NBA or a, a, an NCAA bracket show. My five tenets of what you should be doing uh, in building your bracket. Then I went through my whole bracket. So, if you're a college basketball fan, by all means, check that out. And by all means, if you haven't already, check out our buddies at Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Uh, use the, hoop, the coupon code HoopBall20, HoopBall20, time at checkout. You get 20% off your order and free shipping. Great products, great folks over there. Check them out. I'll be back with lots of NCAA picks uh, in the next couple days. And hopefully you found some value here. Hopefully you found some angles. Lots of ball fleeing played tonight. few interesting games on the ice and definitely something to get some bets down on. Have a great night. Enjoy uh, watching the games, and we'll chat with you soon.